The strange but true story featured on this podcast contains details some people may find unsettling. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Chaya Samuel and things are about to get weird. Well, hello there. Thank you very much indeed for joining me today for episode 29 of the podcast. It's very odd to think that we'll be hitting the number 30 milestone next week. I am planning to cover a pretty highly requested topic in the next episode. It is something I've mentioned before, and when I did, I had several messages and comments imploring me to dive deeper into it. But in the spirit of mystery and intrigue, I will leave it at that for now. But I think it's going to be beyond fascinating. Which makes the perfect segue into this week's episode, which is equally as fascinating. A few weeks ago, I had an email from one of our wonderful listeners. Georgia, and she asked whether I'd consider doing an episode all about the time slips that have apparently happened on Bold Street in the UK city of Liverpool. And immediately the answer was yes. As many of you know, I'm from Cheshire and I only live about an hour away from Liverpool. It's somewhere I visited a lot, especially as my sister used to study there. So unsurprisingly, I had already heard about the strange happenings on Bold Street. But until I really started reading accounts of these bizarre incidents and getting further into everything, I had no idea just how weird it all was. So if you're ready for things to get next level perplexing, let's immerse ourselves in the cases of the Bold Street time slips. First things first, if you're wondering what on earth a time slip is, here's the lowdown. It's the idea that a moment from history can somehow appear unexpectedly in the current day, supposedly for reasons completely unknown. Although that said, many theories about time slips have been put forward and we'll be looking at them in more detail later on. Now clearly, time slips are not a scientifically proven concept, and most of the time they're not even put into the category of unexplained phenomena, the same way that UFO sightings or ghost encounters are. In the mainstream, time slips are most commonly talked about in the context of being literary plot devices, used mostly in science fiction stories where a character might find themselves suddenly transported to another time without realising what's happening. They may be walking down a street in the present day, turn a corner, and find themselves on the street they expected to turn onto, but everything looks different. And they realise that it's actually the 1920s, for example. And when you hear it put like this, it would be so easy to think that, well, yeah, it's a really interesting and entertaining idea for a fictional tale, but there's no way anyone has actually experienced this in real life, is there? Well, for a number of people who found themselves on Liverpool's Bold Street over the years, a time slip is the very thing they claim to have encountered. Let me introduce you to a couple of those who have revealed their incredibly strange experiences on Bold Street, starting with one of the more recent reports. In 2006, a 19-year-old man named Sean had been making his way around the shops on and near to Bold Street, with not quite the best of intentions. The road is located right in the city centre and is home to a large number of shops, restaurants and cafes, including ones that I've been to myself in the past. And with it being such a high footfall area, there's bound to be some trouble from time to time. On this particular day, 
Sean had been shoplifting on nearby Hanover Street, and after a security guard from the shop he was in clocked what he was up to, a chase ensued. Sean bolted out of the shop with the security guard close behind him, and in an attempt to avoid being apprehended, he ran off down one of the street's alleyways. However, Sean quickly realised that the alleyway didn't lead anywhere, and was a complete dead end. There was no way out other than to turn around and try and dodge back past the security guard, but when he spun around to confront the man chasing him, there was no one else in the alley. Suddenly, Sean began to feel a tightening in his chest, and something felt very off. Completely confused, he walked back down the alley, half expecting to see the security guard turn the corner, but half realising he wasn't going to, because when Sean stepped back onto the street he'd been on only a few seconds before, things looked a little unusual. But it was only when he made his way to Bold Street that he realised just how much everything had changed. The people walking past him were dressed in clothes that looked completely out of place, and things like their hairstyles were totally outdated. He noticed that the roadworks that had been occupying a section of the street when he ran into the alleyway were now nowhere to be seen, and after pulling his mobile phone out of his pocket, he realised he had no reception. Utterly baffled and still feeling quite unwell, he ventured further along the street until he spotted a newsstand, and it was with disbelief that he read the date on the newspapers the 18th of May, 1967. And this was the tipping point for Sean. He was completely freaked out and started to run. He sprinted away from Bold Street and into different parts of the city. And the further he went, he noticed that things were beginning to look more familiar. The people were dressed in clothing more typical of 2006 than the late 1960s, and the minute he spotted a bus that would take him closer to his home, he jumped on board. Now, Sean has told his story multiple times since the incident, and although the details of it have remained incredibly consistent, there have been huge questions raised about its authenticity. On the surface, it's understandable that people would be incredibly sceptical. I mean, the notion of a time slip is so far removed even from the kinds of paranormal events we're more used to hearing about. I feel like if Sean had told people he'd seen a ghost on Bold Street that day, that they would have been far more accepting of this tale. But this, a time slip, is just extra wild, and potentially quite unsettling for some. However, there's a very interesting twist in this tale. According to an article on SpookyIsles.com, the security guard who had been running after Sean also spoke out about the experience. He told the story of how he had followed the teenager into the alleyway and was catching up to him when Sean vanished. But not just round a corner, he seemed to disappear into thin air right before the security guard's eyes. For me, there is just something about a weird encounter being corroborated by a second person that gives me goosebumps. And this example is no exception. For our second case involving Liverpool's Bold Street, we step back almost exactly 10 years earlier to July of 1996. It was a Saturday and an off-duty police officer named Frank and his wife Carol headed into Liverpool city centre to do a spot of shopping. They lived in the Merseyside village of Melling, not far from Liverpool, and each had a number of different errands they wanted to get done in the city. When they stepped off their train at Liverpool Central, 
Carol was the first to head to Bold Street as she wanted to visit a bookshop, whereas Frank stopped at a record shop located just a couple of minutes walk away. He browsed to the CDs and tapes for around 20 minutes before making his purchase, and decided to go and meet up with Carol on Bold Street. But as he approached the road the bookshop stood on, he noticed that everything suddenly felt very quiet. Weirdly, eerily quiet. That was until a small old van shot by Frank, getting frighteningly close to him, and beeped its horn loudly to make him realise what a near miss they'd had. As the van passed him, the first thing Frank observed was that it looked like it was actually decades old, possibly from the 1950s. And the second thing he spotted was the name that covered one side of it, Kaplan's. Already feeling a little shaken after this unnerving interaction, Frank continued on, crossing the road to head to the bookshop he knew his wife would be waiting for him at, which was called Dylan's. But as he approached the storefront he knew well, he was astonished to see that it was no longer emblazoned with the Dylan's signage, and had no books in the window. Instead, the window displays consisted of shoes and handbags, and the signs above both entrances read Crips. With his confusion growing, Frank turned to look at the rest of the street, and, like Sean, was struck immediately by the clothing worn by his fellow shoppers. He said that the garments they were wearing looked like they were from the 1940s or 50s. He described the women wearing cartwheel hats and gloves, and the men wearing long overcoats and trilbies. But unlike Sean, Frank didn't run from Bold Street. Instead, he continued to scan the people walking near to him, trying to work out what on earth was happening, until he spotted someone who stood out amongst the crowds. A teenage girl who was wearing a green vest top and low-rise jeans, and crucially carrying a Miss Selfridge bag, walked past him. Frank felt somewhat reassured to see this connection to the mid-90s, and after she entered the Crips store, he felt compelled to follow her and seek confirmation that the year was, in fact, 1996. He dashed over to one of the shop's entrances and walked through the doorway, and as he did so, just as quickly as everything had changed, normality returned. The shop transformed from Crips back into Dylan's in an instant. And although he was stunned, Frank still looked ahead of him for the girl he had followed in. He spotted her near to the entrance and said, Did you see that then? The girl appeared much less phased by the situation than himself and replied, Yeah, I thought it was a new shop that had just opened. I was going in to look at the clothes and now it's a bookshop before laughing and heading back outside. With the shop being Dylan's again, and knowing that Carol would be somewhere inside, Frank looked for his wife in somewhat of a daze, and told her exactly what had just happened to him the minute he found her. Carol told him that she hadn't noticed anything weird whatsoever. The store hadn't changed into a 1940s or 1950s fashion retailer, nor had she seen anyone wearing old-fashioned clothing browsing the shelves but Frank was adamant that he had not imagined what he had experienced, and, I imagine, felt validated by the young woman who had also noticed the time shift. But here's where things get even stranger. A Liverpool writer named Tom Slemon, who often writes about all things paranormal, went on a local radio show to talk about Frank's time slip experience in more recent years, and writing in the Liverpool Echo newspaper, he recalls how, quote, within minutes... 
People were ringing me and Billy to tell us that in the late 1950s and early 1960s, there had been a store called Crips in the exact location where Dylan's and later Waterstone's bookshop now stands. And there had also been a firm called Kaplan's in existence around the same time. Very odd indeed. Now, as I always say when it comes to topics like this, I completely accept that many people will think there is just no way something like this could ever happen. These stories sound completely wild and there's just no way to ever prove that they really did happen, which I guess is also the case for many other paranormal or supernatural encounters. But nonetheless, this hasn't stopped enthusiasts of these bizarre happenings from developing different theories as to why time slips could happen. And even more interestingly, a couple of theories as to why they may happen specifically on Bold Street have also been voiced over the years too. So let's have a look at some of the potential explanations for time slips in general, then we'll focus in on Bold Street in particular. I'm asking for your forgiveness in advance as I am not a scientist, but I will do my very best to cover one of the ideas that has been put forward in relation to time and space from a scientific perspective. So for over a hundred years now, the idea that time and space are inextricably linked has been well established thanks to our old pal Albert Einstein, and this has given rise to new theories. One of those is the idea of the multiverse, the notion that an infinite number of realities and worlds exist alongside our own, but operating on their own timelines. This all relates back to a Big Bang theory called cosmic inflation, which I found most digestibly described in an article from Psychology Today by Lisa Broderick, who said, Cosmic inflation refers to a faster-than-light expansion of the universe, that may be responsible for spawning an unlimited number of disconnected universes that eternally issue from one another. I hope you're still with me. So by this reasoning, it could help explain why Frank in 1996 or Sean in 2006 slipped back to the same street but in a totally different year, because it was actually that they temporarily visited a different timeline. How this may have happened is a whole different story. And it's this part of the question that's less frequently discussed in a scientific context, and far more so by those interested in the paranormal. It's worth saying that there are a huge number of other examples of time slips happening even in the UK alone. Whilst I was digging around, I found a very intriguing piece from You Magazine, where the journalist had spoken to multiple people who had experienced time slips in recent years. The writer began with interview quotes from her partner, who she described as the most logical man you'll ever meet, explaining how he believes he slipped back in time for a short while while staying at a house built in the 1600s. The article goes on to explore multiple other cases, and I definitely recommend giving the full piece a read because it's truly fascinating. But one of the most interesting ideas floated in the article is that time slips may occur most often in areas with a huge amount of history, and where significant events may have taken place. It's noted that outside of Liverpool, many reports of time slips in the UK are centred around historic counties like Devon and Cornwall, and I guess this theory is quite consistent with other paranormal happenings, as things like spirit sightings are often also more widely reported in historically significant locations. 
But with all of that said, let's head back to Liverpool and look at some of the theories put forward as to why Bold Street has generated so many of these supposed slides back into history. Naturally, there have been multiple suggestions similar to the multiverse theory I noted earlier, from those attempting to explain the events on Bold Street. Sometimes they've been phrased as there being some kind of crack in time, or a gap that's been fallen through, but in essence it all relates back to this notion of alternate timelines. But some ideas go even further to try and fill in the blanks when it comes to how this may happen. Whilst Reddit isn't a source I usually consider to be credible with the stories I feature on this podcast, when it comes to topics linked with the paranormal, there can sometimes be really interesting posts found on there. For example, on the Glitch in the Matrix subreddit, a user named This Is Hugh pointed out that there are high voltage underground rail lines that run underneath Bold Street, and suggested that some kind of electromagnetic interference from these lines could have something to do with the strange events that sometimes happen above ground. Others within the thread have tried to debunk this theory. After all, Liverpool is far from the only city with this kind of underground rail infrastructure, and it feels unlikely that this could truly have the potential to open some kind of portal to other timelines, but it's intriguing nonetheless. However, there is a link between this idea of something odd happening underground, and my personal favourite theory slash strange additional layer to this tale. Back in 2010, Chris Gibson from the organisation Future Liverpool, which champions cultural aspects of the city, actually ventured down into the cellar of one of the shops on Bold Street along with a colleague of his, and what they found was incredibly strange from the word go. Firstly, they noticed that the floor was cobbled, and much more reminiscent of an old street than a cellar. Then there was the extensive graffiti on the walls, comprising mostly of written notes including several ominous warnings. Chris and his colleague spotted a door that was open ajar, and next to it, scrawled on the wall, were the words in all capitals, Beware all those who enter here. And in what looked to be a much more recent edition, there was a second note which simply read, They're not lying. Regardless, Chris decided to venture through the door, whilst his colleague opted to hang back and make sure the door didn't close on him. What he discovered were several workstations, laid out with numerous tools and objects as though the people labouring at them had vanished into the air. As he progressed and explored further, Chris noticed that his camera and torch batteries were rapidly fading, even though he had fully charged them before heading into the cellar, and it turned out that the same thing was happening to his colleagues' battery-operated devices too. Chris wandered further and further along, estimating that he was probably underneath the street itself at this point, and possibly even below the shops on the other side of the road, before his colleagues started to panic and called him back. During the course of their exploration, Chris took numerous photos which were very interesting indeed, including one of a section of wall which appeared to have several writings on it from the 1960s. The first note read, God have mercy on all who enter here, and was dated the 5th of February 1966. Just below it, in totally different handwriting and in much bolder ink, were the words, It's no joke and featured the date of the 12th of September 1969, 
I found these messages to be particularly spooky, as a number of the Liverpool time slip accounts, including Sean's, claim to have transported the unwilling participant back to the 60s. Is it possible that some of them became trapped for longer than just a few minutes, finding themselves drawn to the cellars of the shops on Bold Street? Or is there a completely separate explanation for the odd items and writings found in this particular underground space? As we speak now, that definitely remains a mystery. But ever since I saw the photos, it's been driving me round the bend, not knowing what the notes are referring to. Chris and his colleague are far braver than I am. I know for sure that if I'd seen anything like that myself, I would have been out of there before I'd even finished reading the first message. I think it might be the fact that many of them are dated, and dated years apart, that really freaks me out. What was the need to write the date? It must be because they thought it was particularly relevant, but why? There are always questions about every paranormal case that bug me, but these ones have really got under my skin. So after all I've learnt during the course of my research, what do I ultimately think about the idea of time slips? As many of you will know if you've listened to some of our other paranormal-themed episodes, I am a believer in ghosts and spirits and other supernatural happenings because I have had personal experiences with them. For anyone interested, I talked about all of those encounters back in episode 10, so do feel free to check that out if you want to hear the full stories. But when it comes to time slips, whilst I find them baffling and very compelling... I struggle to say that I fully believe because I've had no first-hand dealings with them. I actually do find both Sean and Frank's accounts credible though, not only because of the corroboration in Sean's case and the amazing historical accuracies found in Frank's, but because their stories remained so consistent over time. But that said, I think in the end what I do believe for sure is that there is a huge amount we don't understand about time and space in general. And when I say we, I don't just mean you and I, but the most experienced and brilliant theoretical physicists in the world too. There are just so many unanswered questions about the universe that are being explored constantly. And who knows, maybe one day within our lifetimes, some explanations will be discovered. And potentially, these explanations could help to shed some light on whether things like time slips could be real or just figments of the imagination. I have to be honest and say that almost all of my very limited physics knowledge comes from films and TV shows, so my depth of understanding is probably quite questionable. But I like to believe in my heart that all of those hours spent watching The Big Bang Theory in my 20s gave me at least some factual nuggets of information. All I really know is that on my next trip to Liverpool, I will definitely walk down Bold Street with a whole new perspective and be on the lookout for anything that seems a little out of place or a bit old-fashioned. Though, after seeing photos of those warnings written on the cellar walls, if I did spot anything odd, I'd make sure I stayed well above ground. I really hope that you found today's episode subject interesting. I know that for me it was a real treat to look into, so a big thank you for joining me today. And thank you again to Georgia for suggesting this topic too. I'm sure you can already guess what I'm going to say next, but if anyone listening has ever experienced a time slip, or anything even remotely similar, I would love to hear about it. 
And on that note, if you would like me to share your story in a future episode, do feel free to pop me an email at thingsgetweirdpodcast at gmail.com as I think it would be incredible to include a time slip story in our next bonus episode. I've been keeping all of your own stories in a special folder ready for whenever that bonus episode may be, so if you fancy sharing your own, please do. But even if you've not encountered anything along these lines, I would still be fascinated to hear your thoughts and opinions on the topic. Do you believe time slips could be real? Have you ever heard a different theory that you find really compelling? I'll be sharing all of the details on how you can get in touch shortly. But first, it's that time once again. Here's the outro feature that I like to call Weird Media. I felt that we were overdue a book-based recommendation in this feature. And when I was working out which one I wanted to talk about, as much as I tried to steer away from Stephen King, I simply couldn't. I know I only talked about Needful Things a few episodes back, but I was reminded the other day of one of my other absolute favourite books of his, and it's been in my head ever since, so here we are. Back in 2006, Stephen King published a book called Cell, which you may have heard of more recently in relation to the film adaptation of the story. I must say that after it got a lot of negative reviews, I didn't watch the film. I usually like to form my own opinions on these things. But because I enjoyed the book so much, I didn't want to risk ruining my impression of it, if you see what I mean. In a nutshell, the book is about an apocalypse, but it's different to any take on this I've ever read before. And as the name suggests, it has a lot to do with technology and cell phones or mobile phones specifically. I imagine it would feel even more relevant reading it in 2023 than it did when it came out. And even when I first read it, I thought to myself that the book felt ahead of its time, but I could never have known just how correct I would be on that front. It's pretty amazing to think that it was actually released in 2006. I think it has the best opening to a novel of this genre that I've ever read. You are absolutely catapulted into the action immediately, and I still have such vivid pictures in my mind of that opening years later. I'm not going to lie, it's very intense and brutal at times, and like with most Stephen King books, there are some really disturbing moments, so proceed with caution. But I feel that you'd know from the first few pages whether it's going to be for you or not. If it doesn't completely grab you and hook you in right from the start, it might not be your cup of tea. But if you do read it, I'd be fascinated to know what you make of it, especially reading it for the first time in this day and age. I think the reason it's been on my mind recently is because I've been watching and massively enjoying Last of Us. And whilst there are huge differences in the two stories, there are some similarities. So if you're a fellow fan of the Last of Us game or TV show, you might also like Cell. I promise this will be the last Stephen King recommendation for a while, but I also promise it's a good one. Right, time for the usual shout-outs to all of the articles and resources which helped me in my research for this episode. Firstly, there was a great article from the Liverpool Echo newspaper by Amelia Bonner and Tom Slemon from April 2021. There was that piece from You Magazine by Flick Everett from May 2021. SpookyIsles.com was also very useful and is a great website in general if you're into the paranormal. In particular, there was an article by Christine Miller from May 2022 and another by Nia Jones from November 2012. 
We also had a piece from the website paranormalscholar.com by Laura Roten from March 2019, as well as that Psychology Today piece by Lisa Broderick. There was also that Reddit thread I noted on the Glitch in the Matrix sub, which I honestly found super fascinating. So feel free to head on down that rabbit hole if you wish to. And finally, there was the article on Future Liverpool written by Chris Gibson, which was of course all about his experiences in the cellar of that Bold Street shop. Very much worth a read too. I am so excited to hear your own opinions on this one. It's always extra fun to chat about the paranormal stories with you all because there are always interesting viewpoints put forward that I hadn't considered. So on Facebook, there's not only the podcast page, but the private discussion group too. If you search things are about to get weird over there, both of those should pop up. If you prefer Instagram, our handle is at thingsgetweirdpodcast and I'll be sure to include some photos of things like the writing on the cellar walls over there for you. On Twitter, you can find us at abouttogetweird, and as I mentioned, our email address is thingsgetweirdpodcast at gmail.com. We also have the Patreon page, which I will leave linked in the show notes. That's just for anyone who would like to show their support for the podcast with a monthly pledge. There's no pressure and no set tiers or anything like that. It's 100% optional, but I massively appreciate the support that's been shown over there so far. I'm very grateful. On that note, if you'd like to share the love for the podcast, there are tons of free and super quick ways to do so. A star rating on Spotify or written review on Apple Podcasts is always hugely appreciated. Or via whichever podcast player you listen on, it all means the world. Feel free to share this episode with anyone you think may find it interesting, on social media or amongst your friends. Any and all shares are more helpful than I can say. Thank you again for being here with me today and I hope you'll join me again next week for our 30th episode. I can't believe we're about to hit that milestone actually. Where has the time gone, hey? Anyway, until next time, take care of yourself and others and keep it weird, but the good kind of weird. Thank you.